So, fiddle me this. It's been said that baseball is America's favorite pastime, and that it's tough to argue. Baseball should hold a place in the heart of every American. So should fiddling. Since its arrival on this side of the pond, fiddle music has been passed down mother to son, friend to foe, south to north, east to west, and every nook and cranny along the way. Tunes take on new meanings, new names, new feels from person to person. Shaped by local community and purpose and region, fiddle music truly captures the spirit of a people. Across America, we can hear this tradition. I'm JT, and these are some of today's fiddlers playing their tunes and sharing tales. Welcome to Fiddle Me This. Before she leaves, leaving on that train headed out of town. Her blue eyes and her brown hair, she's the sweetest thing you ever did meet. I can take her for my own back in Boston town. According to Google, Washington, Oregon, Montana, Idaho, British Columbia, and Wyoming make up the Pacific Northwest. Other than Wyoming, we've had a guest from each of those states and British Columbia on the show. We've also had guests originally from Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Florida, and Arkansas. Today, Utah joins the list. Born in Ogden, her first big fiddle trip happened when she was only eight years old. All that early interest and dedication to fiddling eventually landed her state fiddle titles in Oregon and Utah. Today, she teaches private students and regular workshops throughout Oregon and Washington. Perhaps her greatest claim to fame is her work for Mel Bay Publications. She even got to pay tribute to one of her greatest heroes, Oklahoma fiddle legend Herman Johnson, with her transcription of his work for Mel Bay. This is Janine Orm. Uh, let's do a Herman Johnson song of some kind. Okay. Could do Herman's Rag or a little bit of Swing. Do you yeah, know those two? either one of them. Let's try them, see. Okay. Do you want to do the walk down? Yeah.
Gosh, I love that tune. It's a good tune. Yeah. You learned that right from Herman, didn't you? Mm-hmm. What was that like? So I, I, when I was 15, I went back there the first time. Okay. And um, I went and met Sherry Hill, now Sherry McKenzie, there. And so we palled at Herman's place. I was, she was staying a longer period of time than me, but I stayed, you know, um, a week or 10 days or something. And then I'd go back just about every summer and see him up till, you know, I was raising kids and everything. And then I'd still go whenever I could. Mm -hmm. So um, that was, you know, pretty fantastic. He he never slowed anything down, so you had to just kind of learn it up to speed. Uh-huh. That's kind of, you know, then Sherry would sometimes kind of help me out a little bit if I couldn't get something, if she was there at the same time I was, which right. happened a couple of times. And um, we were goofy. That was when we were goofy teenagers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was, it was memorable. It was, you know, Herman really made a difference. He changed just that mentorship yeah, kind of changed the whole trajectory of my music. Well, you're from Ogden, Utah. Mm-hmm. How does somebody from Ogden, Utah, get hooked up with a fiddle player from halfway across the country in Oklahoma? Well, that's that's kind of the story. Um, there was a good contest in Ogden at the time. Okay. So it followed Weezer, and so people would go from Weezer to this other contest. They called it. The Golden Spike Contest, and it ran four or five years. I don't know how many years, but anyway, Herman was a judge, and so he had his camper, and you know his wife, he and Jane, were there, and it was dinner time, and Sherry introduced me, and and she said, "Well, just ask him if you can come to Oklahoma," and so I did, and he said, "Oh, sure. <laughs> tell so me when cool. your tell me when your flight is coming in." That's it. That was it. Just tell me when your flight's coming in. I'll yeah. be there and pick you up. Pretty much. That's amazing. That's 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 cool stuff. Herman's influenced a lot of people. Yeah. All across the U.S. So he'd he would spend like six hours a day just playing mm-hmm. music, and we'd just try to absorb everything I could, and I recorded a bunch of stuff, and then I came back and <clears throat> would kind of get them better, and I actually started writing things down so that they would be on paper for me to keep learning. And that's that developed in all the books that I've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So That's great. So I did a whole book, um, Herman Johnson, Master Fiddler. The Master Fiddler book. And then there's yeah. another one you did of Herman Tunes. Is that correct? There's an intermediate level to okay. our book. And um, so it's contest-appropriate tunes, not quite so difficult. And a lot of them are from Herman, too. That's terrific. Yeah. That's terrific. Well, play me another one of them tunes. Okay. What do you want How to about, do? Uh, I don't, I don't love nobody. nobody okay.
crazy. But that's really cool, though. And the way you play that, too, you know, a lot of people in Oklahoma are obviously influenced, and, and back there are obviously influenced by Herman, so it sounds a little bit more, more like home. Yeah, I play a lot like Herman. Yeah. Well, I sure appreciate that. a lot of stuff. I love hearing yeah. that sound. Um, now, I don't know how many, what you have in mind. I, oh, I was thinking of a fun one. How about San Antonio Rose? All right. What gear, dog? Probably. That's such a great melody, great little tune. You like Bob Wills too, then, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's well, good. just because of Herman. That's, yeah, that's the big thing. So Herman kind of turned you on to Bob Wills and all that stuff. So he, um, he was, he, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to play mm -hmm. in the Bob Wills band. Mm -hmm. And when he had a chance to audition, he was seventeen, wow. and he was too young to join the musicians' union, so they didn't hire him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So he had his own dance band. Right. Later. Yeah. But that's what he did for a while. Um, played around Oklahoma, Texas, and then decided he, he needed to make a living, a mm. real living. So <laughs> he became a machinist <clears throat> okay, at, the, right. at Tinkerfield. Well, I remember every time I heard him play, you know, just, you know, still so smooth and strong, intentional with everything, even though he, you know, he was... Uh, you know, I knew him right before he passed, and so, uh, uh, you know, this was later in life. Yeah, and, played uh, really well. 
he played really well. Sometimes I'd get bored, but just because I was a kid, you know. But uh, now I, I realize that, man, uh, you know, I mean, I was impressed then, but, you know, it's just sometimes you get distracted by flashy stuff when you're a kid, and then you actually start listening to fiddling, and you're like, man, Herman was a fiddle player. Yeah, he was solid. Yeah. Really solid. Um, so I got to play with him just before he had a stroke. Okay. And went back there. Uh, it's kind of a strange situation. My husband said, you know, you, you, it was right before Christmas, and he said, you've got to go see Herman. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't know why, but you just have to go wow. see Herman. And let's figure it out. Let's, yeah. let's make sure you can do it. So um, we figured it out. I went 1st of January or something. You know, right, right after Christmas, I went and actually had my husband go with me. And we pl- it was great fun. And, but Herman started to have this little, like, his his little weakness in his little finger. Mm-hmm. And then about um, within a few weeks, he had a massive stroke. Oh, goodness. So we had this great jamming and yeah. great visit and everything, and then he had a stroke. So there was a little, I don't know, foresight on my husband yeah. on his side. Well, I'm sure that meant the world to, to Herman coming to see him. And- yeah. And uh, then I went back after he'd had the stroke, but he couldn't play. So then he'd just critique me, you know. Fiddle Me This was funded in part by Bubbaville, a nonprofit dedicated to the educational and cultural enrichment of the Portland metro region through traditional music and dance. A staple on the West Coast, the Portland Old Time Gathering has been going for more than 20 years and brings national and regional American traditional musicians together. Go to BubbaGuitar.com for more information. Thanks, Bubbaville, for sponsoring Fiddle Me This. Hi, folks. It's Podland's number one producer, Liam Flanagan, and I just want to let you know about sponsors. 
If you're a business owner or manager and you are looking for a great way to get your product out there, becoming a podcast sponsor is just that. Podcasts are listened to all over the world. Podland has had visits from places like Kenya, Ireland, Australia, Vietnam, and almost all 50 states. What's up, Alaska? Don't you like podcasts? Anyway, becoming a podcast sponsor could be the way to give your business the boost it may need. To become a Podland podcast sponsor, contact me, Liam Flanagan, at liam at podland.productions. That's L-I-A-M at podland.productions. What's it like growing up in Utah? Was there, uh, you'd become a fiddle player in Utah, right? You started playing oh, yeah. Yeah. in um, Utah. So I, um, I started from with a classical teacher, but on the side, he loved playing fiddle music and actually started the Utah Old Time Fiddlers. Wow. And so my original teacher kind of got me on that track and introduced me to the idea of going to Weezer. So I was eight years old the first time I went to Weezer, not as a competitor, but just to go. And I started playing in Weezer when I was 11 or 12. Wow. And um, so I played every community event, every, you know, all kinds of, the summer, the old time fiddlers were playing all over the place. So that's how I grew up performing. Yeah. Yeah. Why Weezer? Everybody up here tends to say Weezer, and I just want to get your take on it. Why is uh, Why is Weezer such a big deal? Why Why were they? Hey, let's go to Weezer. It's just the biggest gathering in this area um, for that kind of music. So, um, and it's endured. Yeah. I hope it can still endure. But yeah, yeah that um, that's where you met friends. You know, is it? teenager um we'd roam around weezer and it's a safe place and so you know parents didn't worry a whole lot and yeah. that's how i got to knew, know all kinds of fiddlers and it's just like a big family yeah so that's the biggest reason well the tunes and the jamming and what you can learn and you get to meet legends like yeah. herman johnson and others because you can hear some of the greatest swing players. You yeah. can hear some of the greatest bluegrass players wander through there. Well, what else would you like to play uh, for us? You feeling any tunes, anything coming along? How about um, Kansas City Kitty? Okay. Thank you. 
Well, w- let me ask you this: When you're growing up, and uh, so you said you're you're um, the person who kind of got you into fiddling a long time ago. He played. He he was a violin instructor. Yeah. But he then he, he played some fiddle music. Right. Who were some of the people that he might have told you to listen to back then? Maybe there's a, or maybe there were some local Utah people who you learned some tunes from, something. So his, that um, teacher's name was Jim Shoup. And he, um, he had played at Weezer. Mm-hmm. And so he knew Dick Barrett. He knew Herman. Um and he actually is the one that organized that contest that ended up right. in the Ogden area. Golden Spike. And the old old time fiddlers and so um so I met Dick Barrett when I was a kid. Wow. But it was at Jim Shoop's house. But I, I adapt I adopted kind of the the hand technique that I saw mm-hmm. Dick do at that that young, you know, when I was that young. We don't have a video thing I, I guess i can't this is a podcast so i can't but how, how would you describe that if you're going to try to describe that to somebody what does that bow arm kind of look it's real loose yeah it's a very loose bow arm yeah. um so very flexible wrist and i used to practice um, making my wrist flexible so even to the point that i would stand against a door frame and bow so that only my wrist could move and then I would practice that way to get my wrist to be really loose. Wow, so not much uh, <laughs> crazy. Not much arm, but just I mean, yeah. I mean arm, but I guess would you say? So just just making my just wrist, wrist very wow, flexible. Wow, far out. Yeah. Well, you want to play me another team? Play breakdown or something, or a, or a sure. rag or a horn pop. I don't care. Play we anything. We haven't done you're a little bit of swing in okay. E. Okay, in E. <laughs> Awesome, Janine. I appreciate oh. you coming out today. I appreciate you. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to Fiddle Me This, and thanks to Janine Orm for stopping by, sharing her tunes and tales with us today. Check out more of her music 
at fiddlinworkshop.com. That's fiddlin without a G, workshop.com. Cheers. Did something in this episode move you? Leave us a review or comment. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook for more behind-the-scenes content. This has been a Podland production in association with Vita Joe Records and Bubbaville. I'm JT. We'll be back next week with another episode of Fiddle Me This. Thanks for listening. This has been a Podland Productions production. Recorded at Downstairs Studio in Portland, Oregon. For more information on Podland and for more Podland podcasts, go to podland.productions. While you're there, subscribe to the email newsletter for sneak peeks, giveaways, and more. Thanks for listening. Bottling Productions. <laughs>